This is At Ease, the military podcast of Thomas Nelson Community College. I'm Gary Pounder, part of the military team here at TNCC. And on this edition of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the upcoming annual military recognition breakfast sponsored by and hosted by the Virginia Peninsula Chamber of Commerce. Joining us on the podcast is the Chamber's President and CEO, Bob McKenna, and we'll talk about that here in just a moment. First of all, I want to remind you, if you're a military-affiliated student, maybe looking to start, continue, or finish your education and training, you really need to check out the programs offered by Thomas Nelson Community College. We are the Peninsula's Community College. We've been serving the area's military population for over 50 years. We've got more than 80 degree and certificate programs, many of those completely online. And if you prefer other type of delivery formats for your education, we also have in-person or face-to-face classes. We also have hybrid delivery where you spend part of the time of the classroom and the remainder of the class is going to be conducted online. And for military students, we are extremely uh, affordable. Our in-state tuition rate is only $156 a credit hour, which puts it well within the tuition assistance cap uh, as set by the various military branches. And, of course, we also accept uh, VA uh, benefits as well. So if you want to learn more about what we have to offer here at TNCC, if you're an active duty member, a member of the Guard and Reserve, maybe a military spouse, call this number, 757-825-2938. If you're a student using VA benefits, here's your phone number, 757-825-3442. And, again, we look forward to serving you. Again, we are Thomas Nelson, the Peninsula's Community College, and we are here to serve our military community. Again, we are joined today on the podcast by Bob McKenna, who is the president, the CEO of the Virginia Peninsula Chamber of Commerce. Bob, I know you're a busy guy. We really appreciate you taking time to join us here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Gary. And I I have to tell you, I've known you for about five years, and I'm just realizing right now that you've got a great radio voice. You you have an... uh, a third or fourth career coming up in radio. Well, sir, I appreciate the uh, compliment. My undergraduate degree happens to be in broadcasting, and I spent about five and a half years full and part-time slaving over a hot microphone before common sense prevailed and I joined the U.S. Air Force. But let's go ahead and kind of roll into what we're going to be discussing here today, that being, first of all, the annual military recognition breakfast hosted by your organization, the VPCC, Tell us about the event, how it got started, and exactly you know what what you do, what we do during this event, which I should point out is uh, sponsored in part by Thomas Nelson. Yeah, absolutely. So, Gary, as you know, I am a military veteran myself. I served for 27 years in the United States Navy, and uh, and I loved my career, like you loved your career too. And and I and I tell people very often that uh, when they thank me for my service. I say, I owe the Navy a lot more than the Navy owes me because it gave me a a very good life. And I knew that every day I was doing something important. And I, and I think that's critical in any career. But uh, uh, as you also know, here on the peninsula and Hampton roads in general, um, our regional economy is very dependent on defense based activities, right? So about 40% of the economy, give or take. Uh, And, and the, on the peninsula here, we have, four fairly large military installations. Uh, We have five services represented. So everybody knows somebody, if they're not already affiliated with the military, who is in the military and serving our great nation. 
And so every year we do this military recognition breakfast uh, to recognize that fact and, and to, because we work very hard to support our military community here, we'd like to recognize some of the heroes who excel not just in their primary military duties, but also as valued members of our community, as volunteers, whether they be PTA or working at the food bank or, or serving as Little League coaches. Um, we have a lot of superstars on every installation and from every service. So this year we'll be recognizing uh, a sailor, soldier, Marine, uh, airman, and Coast Guardsman from the peninsula for, for their service to the community. You mentioned that uh, in selecting the military citizens who are going to be honored and recognized at the upcoming event, as you do every year, that you're looking for folks that not only not only excel in their military job, but also excel in serving the local community. Talk about the nomination process. Talk about exactly how these military citizens of the year are selected for that honor. So, so we kind of take a... Um, and not a hands-off approach, but but you, as you know, because you're part of it, we have a military affairs council, and on that military affairs council is represented the installation, every one of the installations and the commanders from those installations. So we basically give a little bit of guidance that says, here's what we're looking for: uh, a sailor, for instance, who who does wonderfully in their primary role, their primary duty as a military member, but also reaches out to the community and does great things in the community. And, and then we give them a sample right up and, uh, and then we let them handle the nomination process the way that they would like to. So I'm sure every one of them uh, does it a little bit differently. And, and in the end, we get the, the candidates from each service, which when, by the time we get them, they're the selectee from each service. And then we just kind of scrub the, uh, the package and make sure that it meets our standards. Uh, and we've never had an instance when it didn't. And, and then we uh, fix the write-up a little bit to make them a little standardized. And we reach out to local businesses uh, and ask them to uh, help us recognize these, these great service members. And, and then we go to the, uh, to the annual event and, and, uh, and recognize them in, in public. You know, one of the things that really, I think, will surprise people if you have not been to one of these events before, first of all, we encourage you, and I'm assuming, Bob, that tickets are still available they are absolutely yeah when you go we have there 180 signed up right now we'd like to get it uh to 250 absolutely and when you go there i think one thing that would surprise someone attending for the first time is the military citizens of the year being honored being recognized at these events generally speaking they are mid-level to junior enlisted these are folks who are relatively young in their military career but again you see what a fantastic job they're doing not only in their armed forces job but also in how they are helping and serving in the local community absolutely right so um, i probably the average age of an awardee is late 20s and uh and they are usually uh, not usually, but very often they're parents. So they're, so they're working in the community as, as I mentioned before, little league coaches or PTA uh, volunteers uh, doing things at local schools and at local charities. But uh, it, people are always amazed to learn the uh, level of responsibility of young military members, right? Because they come in the door and they're taught right away about responsibility and accountability and work ethic. Uh, so that's another thing about this. I mean, we're reaching out to businesses and saying, hey, come out and meet some of the best and brightest and get an idea of of what young military members can do, not only as 
as service members, but as you know, members of your organization eventually when they transition out of the military. So, so it's uh, it serves many purposes. It you know it recognizes outstanding uh, volunteerism and recognizes uh, outstanding work ethic and responsibility and character. But it also demonstrates to our business community that we have such a great gift here on the peninsula uh, with our military community. And indeed we do. And before we move on to the rest of our conversation here, for someone who would like to attend the Military Recognition Breakfast coming up here on the 9th of November, first of all, tell us where it's going to be and how folks can get tickets. So it's uh, the date is November 9th, and it's, uh, it is a breakfast, uh, and, and it's at the Holiday Inn City Center, Newport News, which is right off, uh, it's on Omni Boulevard, right off of J. Clyde Morris. Uh, and it is, um, I'm trying to think, uh, our website off the top of my head, I, I can't think of it, but if you go to Google and, and put in VPCC, one of the first things that will pop up is Virginia Peninsula Chamber of Commerce, and you click on the link, and it will take you to our site, and you can register on the site. It's on it's on the, the front page banner, the uh, Military Recognition Breakfast. Click on that, it takes you to registration. And you can buy your tickets and register right there. I think and, the sign. If you have a business uh, that would like to sponsor this, so we're always looking for sponsors. There's there's uh, the ability to sponsor right on our website also. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because so many organizations, companies here on the peninsula step up every year and help the VPCC put on this event. And again, we really encourage any business out there, any organization that wants to take part in this to help recognize these truly outstanding military members to get in contact with you. And I believe your website is vpcc.org. I think that's what Google I, I, came up with there a moment ago. If I'm wrong, is that I right? Let me. I can check that while we're talking, Gary. <laughs> let me let me just do that. Um, sure. And so I, I'd also like to say you do. You mentioned uh, businesses who sponsor. This year's presenting sponsor is uh, ITA International, and the president is a veteran himself, Mike Mello. And coincidentally or not, he was my first employer when I retired from the Navy. And I worked for ITA for two years. So they're located in uh, in Tech Center. Uh, they've moved there, and, and they do data analytics, and they do defense contracting. It's it's a really great company. So, and 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 a great annual partner of the Virginia Peninsula Chamber. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that connection there between the military and between the local business community, because we do have a lot of folks who serve their time in the military, whether it's four years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever, and then go into business, form some really great companies here in Hampton Roads. Now, in your own case, you're a graduate of the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy, I do believe, and then you spent 27 right. years as a surface warfare officer for the U.S. Navy. Um, what prompted you to embark on a military career? And the second part of the question is, what did you learn as a military officer that you think has really helped you in your current role as president and CEO of the BPCC? Okay, so yeah, good, good uh, two or three part question there. When I, I graduated from the Merchant Marine Academy in 1984, um, my degree was in marine transportation and uh, nautical science. So I was what they call a decky. Uh, and and so and, and and as part of my education, I served on merchant ships for two six months periods. One during my sophomore year, one during my junior year. Circumnavigated the globe on my first ship, and and learned a lot about being at sea, right? Uh, the uh, mechanics of, of driving a ship and, and doing the cargo operations and all those types of things, the navigation. And, and when I graduated, 
and I say this only half jokingly, uh, I met my, I met a man who would be my future father-in-law. And, uh, and one of the things that he said to me, one of the first things he said to me, what are you going to do for a living? And I knew that he had four sons who had served in the Navy and one of the Marine Corps. And I said, I'm, I'm going in the Navy. And, and it was kind of a way to curry favor with my future father-in-law. <laughs> but, uh, but I really was thinking about it at the time. And, and I went in for what I thought would be a four-year uh, term and ended up staying for 27 years because, because I loved it so much. Uh, like I said before, uh, I, you never have to worry about whether what you're doing is making a difference when you're in the military. So I, I went to bed every night knowing that I had done some good, and I woke up every day excited about what was going to happen that day. So, um, so that's how I ended up doing 27 years. I really thought I would do one uh, term of service and then, and then leave and go sail merchant ships. But, uh, but the Navy got in my blood, and and uh, and I loved. I, I can't say I loved every minute of it because, as you know, uh, there's a lot of stress involved and there are a lot of very tough days. But, but on the whole, I look back very fondly on my days in the Navy. You mentioned that um, you know you had expected to do four years and then then move on to the civilian world, but yet you stayed in for 27 years, reached the rank of captain, held a number of staff and command billets. Looking back on that really diverse Navy career that you had, what did you gain from that that has really helped you in your civilian career over the last 10 years? So, you know, the soft skills that everybody talks about now uh, and they and they talk. So I talk to business leaders and I say, what's most important when you're hiring somebody? And they say soft skills are more important than the hard skills. He said the hard skills, if they have a basic understanding, I can teach that the soft skills um, are very difficult to teach. And by soft skills, I mean things like uh, work ethic and integrity and accountability. And, you know, just if you have a military member who comes to work for you, you don't have to worry about them showing up on time, looking like they're ready to work and being respectful and able to work as part of a team. You'll learn all those things in the military because because that's what we practice and preach every day. So, so soft, I would say soft skills are what I learned. And, and I'll tell you, I was raised by a Marine Corps veteran who taught me those from the day I was born, but they were reinforced every day that I served. And, and it's the same thing for every veteran who's coming out. Absolutely. And uh, we should point out, too, that the VPCC is very closely intertwined with the military community. You mentioned the uh, Chambers Military Affairs Committee, which I've been lucky enough to be a part of for several years now. Talk about some of the programs, services, the interaction that the chamber has with the local military community and how that not only benefits the military, but it also benefits our local business sector and our local economy. So it's, um, well, one, one of the other things, so, okay, let me, let me take a step back. Military Affairs Council, um, we meet once a month here, as you know, and I'm, I'm telling you what you already know, but we meet once a month, third Wednesday of every month at 8 o'clock. Um, the installation commanders from all the installations on the peninsula attend that meeting, uh, as do some of their support staff, as do congressional reps, senatorial reps, uh, Craig Quigley, who is the director of the Hampton Roads Military and Federal Facilities Alliance, uh, members from the shipyard, uh, members of the Virginia Employment Commission who look to hire transitioning service members. So it's a it's a wide, diverse group of people who are interested in supporting the military and supporting uh, their role in the community. 
and and also a lot of people who like to like as we were talking about employ veterans when they're when they're transitioning out of the service and their family members. So so that is a very invaluable uh, service I think to the community but also to the business community. Uh, the next thing that I'd like to mention is I'm also part of. Uh, I work with the Hampton Roads Workforce Council, and uh, and the president of that is a guy named Sean Avery, um, and and Hampton Roads Workforce Council is very engaged in the talent pipeline here and getting people employed. Uh, one of the great sources of the talent pipeline is obviously our transitioning service members. Uh, so they've just recently set up, and it actually the grand opening is in November, a, a veterans employment center that's kind of a one-stop shop for transitioning service members and their family members who are looking for work on the peninsula. And, and the goal is to get as many people to work as possible but the secondary goal, maybe even the primary goal, is to keep those transitioning service members from the peninsula and from Hampton Roads right here, fueling our economy. Because, it, because as you know, we've got, we've got a lot of jobs here on the peninsula and probably not even enough people to fill all those jobs, especially if we, we lose talent to people like service members to other places. So we, right now we keep about a third of them. Uh, the goal is obviously to get that up to about two-thirds. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, again, that that drain of military talent, folks who are leaving the military that leave the local area is a matter for concern. What are some things that you think that uh, the VPCC can do? What should we be doing as a wider community to retain that military talent, to keep these folks here in the local area once they hang up the uniform? You know, if if I knew the answer to that, Gary, I think I could uh, I could set up a business. But but it's I think it's all about I, I tell people everything is about marketing, right? We have we have a great economic potential powerhouse here in Hampton Roads, and and for some reason we just can't get that to accelerate. And I think it's all about telling the story, and part of telling the story is telling the story to transitioning service members. And, and saying, you know, I know you're stationed here and you're here because the military gave you orders, but this is a great place to live, work, and play. And, and we have many organizations who are working, trying to convince the service members of that. And, and sometimes, and, and you probably remember the statement by uh, one of the installation commanders in the past said, there's a sea of goodwill out there and service members are drowning in it, right? Because there's so many organizations that are trying to help them that sometimes it becomes overwhelming. So, so one of the things that we do at the MAC is to try to funnel all that into one location. And the Veterans Employment Center is gonna become that one location. So, so they're not confused about where to go, where to turn when they're looking for work. But it, it's also the meeting place where businesses can come in like a construction firm or Newport News Shipbuilding or you, you name it, Jefferson Lab. I just got off the phone with Jefferson Lab and they want to hire more transitioning service members, but they don't know where to go. So if we have that one-stop shop, the Veterans Employment Center, if we properly publicize it and market it, uh, then we can bring, you know, that can be the intersection point between those transitioning service members and businesses who have real jobs who want to hire. Uh, the next part of that is uh, they, they, have to, they have to offer good wages, right? So so we tell businesses all the time, this is not a charitable endeavor to hire transitioning service members. It's good for business because you're going to get people who already have those soft skills. You know that they're going to show up on uh, to work on time. 
you know that they're going to look presentable, you know that their work ethic is going to be good, and that they can work as part of a team. So, so this is good for business. It's not a charitable thing. So that's that's the message we have to get across. Absolutely. And in the time we've got left here, I'd also like to touch on, if we can, about some of the services that the VPCC offers. Let's talk, for example, about uh, veterans going into small business. Maybe they already have a business. Maybe they're looking to start one. What are some of the things that they can gain by being a part of the VPCC? Well, so so we say that uh, our mission is to connect business with opportunity, right? And, and we do that through what we call the face of the Virginia Peninsula Chamber, and that's uh, F for facilitation, A for advocacy, C for communication, E for education. So, um, so we connect, right? Um, at, at all our events, networking is a big part of it. So, if they come to a coffee connection, or they come to a state of the city event, or you know, a, a military affairs council, a military recognition breakfast, they're meeting potential employers, and they're meeting people who can help them start a business, for instance. I mean, a lot of military members have an entrepreneurial spirit. They want to be their own boss, and I understand that for sure. But but we can connect them with people who can help. We also have educational programs on how to start a business, right? And, and they cover everything from taxes to insurance to uh, HR to you, you name it. Um, uh, and we do those once or twice every month, and we work with different organizations like the SBDC, and SCORE to deliver these seminars or webinars that that help people um, who are interested in setting up their own business. And you also have a program that I was a part of a few years ago called Peninsula LEAD. Talk briefly about that, if you would. Yeah, so so it's actually, it's LEAD Peninsula, and it's um, what we call that as a civic immersion program. And and the military uh, send many members, right, senior enlisted and installation commanders attend that. And it's, it's a program designed... Uh, for emerging leaders and recognized leaders on the peninsula uh, to get them more acquainted with what makes the peninsula work. So it's a behind-the-scenes look at uh, transportation and healthcare and education and federal facilities and local government and things like that. Uh, that It's also a networking thing. So we have 45 to 50 students per year. They gather once every month for a program day and they learn about a specific aspect of what drives the peninsula's economy. It really, uh, and, and they get to talk to leaders in the in the local uh, area who kind of talk to them about what are the challenges, what's what affects our decision making, and and how we lead. So it's it's a very valuable program. It really is, and again, I was lucky enough to be a part of it. And I, you know, the contacts I made, the relationships I built as being a student in that program are still, you know, serving me here today. For folks who want to join the chamber, who want to avail themselves of the services and programs that you offer, Bob, what's the best way they can get in touch with you and your staff? Okay, I actually looked up the website, Gary. I've got it right here. It's <laughs> www.virginiapeninsulachamber.com. Okay. So the, so the full word spelled out, virginiapeninsulachamber.com. They can also call uh, 757 757- Three two five eight one six zero, and that will get them to Susie Johnson, and you know Susie, the vice president of the chamber, and and uh, she's the best person to talk to about just about anything because she knows it all. And what do you see as the uh, primary action items where you want the chamber to be going in the next, say, three to five years? So um, I, I always tell people that our priority really is economic development, right? Just on a grand scale, so. 
So bringing, we, we serve five localities, uh, and that includes Newport News, Hampton, York County, James City County, and Pocosin. And uh, bringing the economic development people from each of those localities together and working together to create a better place to live, work, and play that, that has economic opportunity, that has upward mobility for all of our citizens. Um, that's a that's a big, you know, that's that's our primary focus, I think. But but a part of that is workforce development, and a part of that is reaching out to the military members and convincing them that this is a great place to live, work, and play, and and stay and, and keep their families here. So um, so that's it. That's that's really what we do. And and then there's a lot of side programs, and and, and I try to stay engaged in everything because. We like to have a seat at every table so we know what's going on. And you guys do a fantastic job. And again, we encourage anybody who would like to learn more to visit the Virginia Peninsula Chamber of Commerce website, get in touch with them, and also, of course, reach out and become a part of the Military Recognition Breakfast coming up here on 9 November at the uh, Holiday Inn in the City Center in Newport News. Tickets still available. Sponsorship opportunities are also still available for that event as well. We'd like to thank Bob McKenna again, the President CEO of the Virginia Peninsula Chamber of Commerce, for joining us on today's podcast. This has been At Ease, the military podcast of Thomas Nelson Community College. I'm Gary Pounder. Thanks again for listening.